It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Boston Celtics lose a tough one to the Lakers, but it's all about Jason Tatum. We're not going to just talk about him, though. It's the Monday Locked On Celtics Podcast. Millie's let's go. Hello from Los Angeles, California, where the Boston Celtics lost to the LA Lakers 114-112. I'm John Corrales of MassLive.com, here to talk about that game with Tom Westerholm of MassLive.com. Hello, Tom Westerholm. Hello, John Corrales. Uh, how how are you doing today? You know what? I'm feeling conspiratorial. I'm um, not really about basketball, just kind of in general. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that hockey shouldn't have a goalie. <laughs> but other than that, I'm uh, yeah, doing pretty sure, well. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. You know, and I contend that goalies should exist, but maybe the net should be bigger. Yeah. yeah. And uh, anybody who wants to hear the end result of that conversation can probably <laughs> go check out Twitter. Go check out Twitter. At Red's Arena Square John. That's yeah. the joke. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. the uh, setup to the joke yeah, that yeah. I tweeted out. Yeah. All right. Uh, Celtics lost to the LA Lakers. We're here uh, in LA. We were at the Staples Center for this. Uh, a wild game, an interesting game, where Jason Tatum dropped 41. Jalen Brown had 20. Um, and the Celtics had this game, I think, Tom. And my first question to Brad and my first question to you is – uh, or at least theory to you, is that I feel like the Celtics, and maybe for the first time this season or first time ever, they really, really, really tried to force things to Jason Tatum, who was awesome for, well, awesome for two quarters. Like, he scored 36. 35. 35 of his points in the second and third quarters. Mm-hmm. And so... They wanted to take advantage of that, and I think... 36. I'm bad at math. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> so I was right. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just, I'm just going to cut that part out where you say you were right, and that's going to be the promo <laughs> for the show. Um, and so I think that the Celtic, Celtics got away from the things that worked. And it's one of the things that when we were going into the Minnesota game, that one of the fears that I had coming into this part of the season is that... Tatum is going off, and everybody's like, hey, wow, look at Tatum. He's, you know, rightfully, people are, are kind of enamored by his kind of all-star, superstar turn. Maybe they tried a little too hard to force things to him, and instead of going through their, like, all right, you want to take Tatum away? Fine, we'll play you four on four. We got Jalen Brown. We got Gordon Hayward. We're cool. Like, we should just go do that. And if you want to eliminate Tatum, we'll just still beat you with these with these other guys. So I feel like they force things too much to Tatum to the detriment of their overall offense. 
I think that's a fair theory. I, I would I would maybe dial it back just a tiny bit in that. No. <laughs> in that, I think that um, it was more that everybody was everybody else was off. Like yeah, there just yeah. wasn't that much else going on, and and you know Tatum really took over and sort of saved them for a couple quarters there, where they had you yep. know they were able to stay in the game, they were able to take a, a decent little lead. You know, looked like it was almost artif- they almost artificially looked like they had a real chance to win in that you know in the third and fourth quarter, and it might not have even been artificial if Gordon Hayward makes a late layup. But um, yeah, if they had won that game, it would have been the whole story would have just been like. Yo, Jason Tatum just lifted them to a win over a Western, like over a Western Conference contender, yeah, yeah. and you know that is very. That would be almost an entirely new level because on you know last week when he was or yeah, la- two weeks or whatever it was when he when they played the Clippers, um, you know he was excellent, but other guys had good games too. He was really the everything tonight, and it was right. over yes, those two quarters that he just that he was just so freaking good that they really put themselves in a position to win. So, you know, did they force feed him a little bit? But I also kind of just think like when a guy is going off like that, you know, that I think that can almost like take other guys out of their game a little bit too because they're just like, whoa, he's he's awesome right now. Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. would I take this shot? I need to get that ball to Tatum. He's he's made eight threes in a row. Um, so I think there was a little bit of that. I think there was a little bit of, of just, you know, simply a bunch of guys weren't having good games and Tatum was, and that came back to bite them in the end. Um, so I, I think it's fair to say they were force feeding, but I also think it's, it's, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily a product of the game plan as much of a product of just like the results and what was happening on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. Um, I mean, you look at Gordon Hayward's numbers, five of 15 shooting, oh, five from three. He just wasn't hitting it, and, and you're right. He had that. He talked about it. He like smoked a couple of bunnies. Uh, Hilarious, by the way, that on Twitter after he I tweeted out the he said he smoked a couple bunnies, and everybody just wanted to make it into a drug reference. And it's like I've never heard yeah. weed referred to as bunny, but yeah. like you know what? I'm uh, I'm kind of here for it. Sure. Like, uh, I mean, if you want to call it, you want to make it smoking a couple of bunnies, but like yeah, I, I think. <laughs> From for most basketball players, we understand smoking a couple of bunnies. Like, oh man, he I missed some very easy layups. Biffed a couple, biffed a couple of layups, um, which he did. He did, and uh, that could have that. I mean, that alone in a two point game, you can go back and nitpick all of those little things that could have turned it. It's funny he had a uh, a bad shooting game, but he still was one assist and two rebounds shy from a triple double. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our good friend Brian Robb tweeted that out uh, midway through the game. He was like, "Well, he's got eight points." But triple double watch for yeah, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that's right. Um, Daniel Tice had, you know, 16 and 9, which is great. Uh, Jalen Brown did not shoot well necessarily. 8 of 19, 42%. Still managed 20 points. So, I mean, clearly, obviously, Tatum was the guy. He was the one guy that was carrying the entire offense. My contention is that, and, and I will fold in. Brad Stevens saying, like, yeah, you know what? He saw some things that he's he's never seen before and that we've we haven't seen before. So I will excuse Tatum said the same thing, by the way, about yeah. about those things. Yeah. So I will excuse like when when you see something, you're like, I don't know how to handle this. Like I can sit there from afar and be like, Well, you should do XYZ. Well, my job is to second guess things. And but in the moment, it's hard to like you've never seen certain things before. They were blitzing him off pick and rolls. And so you can sit there and be like, well, slip the screen. Do something. 
okay, fine. They didn't do that. That's something that, and, and I, honestly, you tell me if you had the same reaction. I think Brad Stevens was actually excited to have new teaching points off of some of these things that they did. Like he seemed like genuinely like, yeah, we get to look at film and we get to like <laughs> teach these guys about certain things. Like yeah. they did a run and jump and he hasn't seen this before. Like I'm exaggerating this, but like he did seem like upbeat about like, yeah, we get to look at film and this is new and we get to teach these guys something new. And it was the only thing that he really seemed upbeat about in that post. Sure. Like yes. He was, he, he was mad. They lost that game. Of uh, course he was. was. And, and like, Genuinely a little upset about it, I think. You know, maybe a little bit more so than usual. Um, not and that that didn't manifest itself in anything crazy. You can just kind of you get the vibe from him um, that that he was that he was upset about it. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's I think that Brad is really enjoying this Tatum season because it's like it's it's this new like tool that he has never had before. Like Tatum, yeah, yeah, Tatum yeah. was always really good, but it was like you know it was kind of like when he gets it, he's gonna. It, but now he's starting to get it. Now yeah. it's all starting to come together a little bit, and it's like, man, what else can he do? Like, okay, so cool, so he can he can run a pick and roll. Can he snake the pick and roll? Oh, he can mm. snake the pick and roll. Okay, can he can he put the guy in jail? Can he trap him on his? Well, oh, he can do that too. Okay, yeah. can he uh, can he start to finish around the rim? Oh no, now he can finish around the rim a little bit. Hmm. Can he sidestep a three? Okay, now he can do that too. And so this is just yet another thing that Brad Stevens can. This is all very interesting. <laughs> I'm sorry. Keep, yeah, yeah. Continue your point. So, so this is yet another thing that Brad can be like. Okay, okay. So he can get trapped. Can he make the right pass out of the trap? Can he? Can he escape? You know? Can he get the ball out of the blitz without turning it over? I think that's next on mm. his list. One, because I mean, the thing about Tatum is that this this stretch of superstar play that he has put together has just been him progressing at an exponential rate. Yeah. And he's going to slow down eventually. And I, I mean, I don't think he's going to continue to hit 48% of his threes or whatever he's been hitting over this stretch. But like he is developing these tools that he's going to be able to use for his career. Like he's, you know, he, he is developing this snake, the pick and roll and you know, this, this put the guy in jail um, for his career. And, and I, I think that Brad is really enjoying sort of, trying like you know he's pulling out the new tools on the swiss army knife and being Mm -hmm. like this thing has a tweezers yeah i didn't know that this thing has a tweezers (laughs) so um all right you just put a thought in my head about brad stevens and almost like a mad scientist and i'm gonna tie it into kyrie irving (laughs) all right let's do it okay we're gonna do that we're gonna do that in a minute um, people who know me, who listen to this podcast, know my history. That in a in a prior life, I was a hiring manager, and so I was always looking for tools for ways to hire interesting people, good people for jobs. And when you, as a hiring manager, start your own hiring process, you may also have some of these questions. Will you find good a- applicants to choose from? What about like education and experience? And how will you know if you've made the right hire at all? Uh, so Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes. You can use a screener questions to help create your short list of applicants, and you can do it fast. Also, you can add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting, 
uh, general aptitude tests, critical thinking. Uh, Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly, and you can be confident that you're making the right decisions and the right hire for your team. Post your job today on indeed.com slash locked on and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash locked on terms and conditions apply and exclusion exclusions apply offer valid through March 31st, 2020. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so you put a thought in my head, which is always dangerous. So last year, Brad Stevens got Kyrie Irving, or two years ago, he got Kyrie Irving, and he was gifted this amazing talent, but complicated person, and we all know that it didn't work out. And maybe Kyrie's a unique guy, and who knows how it's going to work out for anybody. Uh, And we're seeing that Brooklyn, whatever. I'm wondering, the thought that was popped into my head there, I'm wondering if Brad Stevens is relishing this opportunity to kind of build his own superstar. Like, okay, so (laughs) I think of this in terms of like my dad who – why I sit there and be like, oh, I need a new bed. I need a new bed frame. He's like, why are you going to go spend this much money on a bed? I can make you a bed. I can make you this thing. Like, my dad's like handy. And so when I used to own a house, we did the siding and we redid the porch and we did all that stuff ourselves. He's like, why are you going to do this? We, we could just do this ourselves. And so I feel like Brad Stevens, and this is just a guess might be sitting there saying like all the things that you were saying about Tatum that he might be sitting there thinking like I have this opportunity to take this player from a rookie that was in his rookie year taking overflow shots right you know like catch and shoot opportunities he wasn't trying to dominate the offense And then in his second year was like trying to find himself within the flow of still Kyrie being Kyrie and all this other stuff. Now he gets to be himself and the Celtics are starting to see like the full power of 
who he can be. And Brad's like, but he's still my rookie. He's still the guy that I can li- I, I, I can talk to and mold, and he's still listening to me. And I just wonder how much of that kind of plays into Brad Stevens and, you know, I'm not, I don't think that Brad approaches anything with a scope that's beyond anything besides winning. But legacy-wise, we're talking about here's a guy that was, you know, the one thing that he was not able to do was win with a superstar. And now he gets to kind of like build his own superstar. He can like break that mold of, the criticism of himself with the guy that he can kind of like build his own. You know what I'm saying? Like he can build his own, like, I don't know, Mythbuster or whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. I lost momentum there. At the no, end. no, no. I hear you. So, so I, I think, it, I think it's an interesting thing. I, when I talked to Drew Hanlon about, um, about Tatum, it, one of the things he said was that he works really, um, Drew Hanlon being Tatum's, you know, longtime trainer. He started yeah. working when he was 13. Um, one of the things that he said was when he works with the Celtics, he works like with Tatum, he works like like hand in hand with the Celtics. Like they they develop, um, you know, their their plan for him together. It is a very collaborative process. He, he said the Celtics are great about that. Um, and I, I'm sure that I'm sure that helps everyone. You know, that helps Tatum because, you know, he, he's getting better. But it also helps Hanlon because he's able to to help him help the Celtics. And it helps the Celtics because Hanlon is, you know, a very sure. talented trainer. So, you know, what, and what he said to me um, was that the Celtics just said, we want to get rid of the long twos. And, 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 and Hamlin said, we want to get rid of the long twos. And that was kind of the thing that everybody agreed on was like, let's get his shot profile perfect. Uh, let's get yeah. this thing pristine. And that is what he has done this year. I mean, that, that shot profile is, it is layups, it is free throws, it is three-pointers. Like, it is, it is a really, really good shot profile. And I will say... 13 of 15 from the line against the Lakers, which yeah. is big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you look at his last five games, and obviously that's influenced by the Lakers game, but if you look at his last five games, 9.2 free throw attempts per game, 8.2 three point attempts per game. His true shooting percentage after this game 12 of 20, 60%, f- uh, 4 of 7 from 3, 57%, 13 of 15 from the line. 41 points, 80, almost 87%. That's like James Harden type numbers. He's, that's the thing that's fascinating about what he's doing right now is he is shooting, you know, he's not getting to the line as much as Harden, although he kind of did tonight. Tonight. Tonight Um, tonight he obviously did. But like, but his shot profile over the last like five, 10 games is looking more and more Harden-ish. Yeah. um, Which is, which is fascinating for a guy who is six foot nine. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, you don't want to like give Brad Stevens like too much of it here because like, um, you know, it's like Brad wants to build his, his own superstar. Like, okay, but like also Tatum is putting in the work. No, Tatum, of course, Tatum, of t- course. And, and I know that's not what you were that, saying. No, 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 I, I'm, but that's a fair point. That's yeah, a fair point. I, I'm throwing that in there as like something no, that needs to be said. No, you have to throw that distinction in there. Absolutely, definitely. Like Tatum's the one who goes into the summer and and who puts in the work and who I mean, look, Tatum's body. I mean, we saw him last year. It is different. It's he different. is he is stronger. Yep. He is bigger. Yep. Like he, I feel like his shoulders have gotten like four inches wider. <laughs> he's he's he is a much larger young man. Um, a different body for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so that's that's definitely a thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, 
all of that has collaborated together in a really perfect way, which which is is really fascinating to watch. Like, you know, the summer work has paid off in dividends, like, you know, massive dividends. The, you know, the the, the Celtics game plan, which is focused around Tatum, has paid off in massive dividends. Like, all of this stuff is kind of coming together and coalescing right now. And everybody's starting to notice, like, oh man, like this this kid is an all NBA right. player, and that's that's been really really interesting to watch. Like LeBron in his Instagram, where he was like, he posted the picture of him standing. It's it's, it's such a great picture too. They're both <laughs> that was a really good picture. They're both standing at the scorers table, the same pose, the same pose, the same one legged sleeve, and he's like, this dude to the left to the left of me is a problem, and so. You wonder, is that going to be like a new nickname for him? The problem. I don't like it. No? I don't love it. No, no, no. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Maybe. But, but, yeah. But, I mean, it's it's insanely high praise from a guy who does not dole out praise and who does not dole out praise to Celtics. You no, know what he does I mean? not. Like, for sure. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's meaningful. I think, I think Tatum, like, this is such an amazing leap year for Tatum. Um, which is, it's an actual leap year. It actually is. It's yeah. an actual leap year. <laughs> um, but he has taken a leap as a scorer, a leap as a defender, by the way. Big leap. Big I leap. mean, he had, he had what, uh, two blocks in this game and a steal. Um, just another, I think, pretty good defensive game as well. Like, he's doing it at both ends of the floor, which is impressive. Um, he has taken a leap into being an all-star, which means he gets to have these moments with LeBron. Like he was on team LeBron and you know, he talks about being in that locker room at all-star weekend a week ago is like, I'm talking to LeBron and across from me is James Harden. And right. you know, next to me, you like all of these different people and it's so hard to remember that like we see these these kids as or these players as just characters. He is a 21-year-old kid, which I feel like I can say as a almost 47-year-old <laughs> that he's he's a young kid figuring himself out and now LeBron is giving him this praise. And KG is sitting there talking to him like an equal. Like, he is young and still learning about himself and the game. And these legends are treating him as someone who's in the club. Which I think means a lot. And I don't think it's a coincidence that once he got named the All-Star is when he really turned it up from like volume 8 to volume 10 or 11 or past that like he just figured out like oh man i i belong here and like i feel like this is the beginning of like that next level he reached that next thing yeah and and i think too it's you have to reach that level of feeling like you belong to do the things that he's doing. Like, 
just think of like the basic your basic pick and roll right yeah to run a basic pick and roll you have to think to yourself i belong here enough to take a lot of dribbles a pick and roll requires several dribbles yeah so you're not you know when the ball swings to you you're not like either taking the shot or swinging it along you're thinking to yourself okay the ball is in my hands now i am going to do like i am now the focal point uh, you know, I am going to call for the guy to come up to screen me. I am going to run around this. I am going to, uh, you know, get my guy on my hip and then explode. To the it's like you really have to have that amount of confidence. There's to do decision all of making. That stuff. There's yeah. reading. There's setting other guys up. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that goes into it, and you have to believe, like innately, it's not something that you consciously think of, but you have to have that belief in yourself that I am the person who is going to make all of these decisions. Right. Like all of these unconscious decisions, I'm going to make them all now. That is something that requires quite a bit of confidence. And yes. we have seen him over the last little bit really relish that, I think, in a lot of ways. Yes. All right. Let's talk about some of the other guys. <laughs> it has been like Celtics covered recently has been heavy Jason heavy Tatum. Heavy Jason Tatum. <laughs> heavy Jason Tatum. I mean, for real, it's like there's a good reason of course, for it to be heavy Jason Tate. So let's talk about some of the other guys in a minute here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. The other big storyline for the Celtics has been Kemba Walker and his knee. And I mean, frankly, I think there's a little bit of kind of backtracking and covering up or whatever, but whatever. I mean, I'm just guessing and. The Celtics are trying to kind of navigate things without Kemba. Eventually, I feel like from everything that they're saying, like Kemba's going to be back soon enough. Wouldn't you think? I mean, when Brad talks about like the worst case scenarios, he's talking about like a week or two weeks. Right. And so it's like, it's like, you know. It, I feel like we should be clear about this. Yeah. It, it's not. <laughs> When, and when, when, I'm like upset about the way things were handled. You're very much a Kemba truther. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for sure. No, but like when, you know, they, they are, they, I, I think this is a thing that it is, you know, it's what, late February. I think by mid-March, he will be back in the lineup and people will have largely forgot about this weird little stretch where he had his knee drained. But, you know, they, they might have forgotten about it. But also, it is a thing that has bothered him all year. So it's not nothing. It, right. It's definitely not nothing. But I, I do think that it is... There was this like sense after the All-Star break of like, 
<laughs> the sky is falling and Kemba Walker should not have played and he should not have played 45 minutes against the Clippers and this is a disaster and I don't I don't <laughs> I don't think it's that. Yeah. Okay. I never I, I didn't think the 45 minutes against the Clippers was a uh, was an issue. There's a motion detector light that went off in my hotel room here that all of a sudden luckily this actual switch otherwise we would have been podcasting in the dark um but uh okay so like i feel like i've seen kemba walking around he's played he's seemed fine he even like even though he played too much in the all-star game he still seemed to be moving around fine even when he was walking to the podium afterwards he seemed fine so just to I, I just wanted to put that into a segment here on the podcast that as as upsetting as it, it would be to fans that Kemba has missed these games and as I think as much as I think things were handled poorly and there were mistakes that were made, I don't know that it's gonna impact a lot in the long term. Um I don't think that the Celtics position wise, like third seed versus second seed, like I mean if Kemba would have played in this game, would they have won? You can say, well, yes, but also Tatum actually kind of not to bring him back up, but he kind of did say yes. He did say yes. He did say yes for sure. But like also you gotta say, like, if Kemba was in there, Jason would have wouldn't have gotten as many opportunities as as he did. And so there's no he probably wouldn't have scored 41 if Kemba was in the game. Whatever. That's the Kemba segment. Uh, well, I just I would just add to that too real quick. Um one of the things Kemba said the other day in Minnesota, which I thought was really interesting, um was he's um he's like at the end of the day, that's the most important being able to compete at the highest level in the playoffs. Um I don't want to just be out there and just be an extra body on the floor. I want okay. to be out there and play my game. I yeah. I thought it was a really interesting quote cuz he's like, you know, he has recently felt like an extra body on the floor because yeah. he can't move that well. And so he's trying to get back to not okay. just being that. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on the Kemba stuff. Um, Jalen Brown is a guy that we've talked about recently, or I've talked about recently. Um, it seems like in the Minnesota game and, and, and we haven't talked about the Minnesota game at all uh, on the podcast, but in that game, he had a good offensive game, and he had a pretty decent offensive game in this one, 20, 20 points, uh, six rebounds, two assists, eight of 19 shooting, which is eh, uh, three of nine from three, 33%. Okay, you know, a decent game. But I think that Brown's game in against the Lakers was much better than the game against Minnesota because he didn't have those, like, defensive lapses that he had against the Timberwolves. Yeah, he's he's had a few of those. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I honestly thought defensively he was great. But part of the reason I thought he was really good was because he was matched up with LeBron so much. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the thing with, with, with Jalen a lot of the time is like when he is entirely in, he's just, he's awesome. Like he, when he is there. He, in the he, moment, he's present. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And he was really pretty tough against LeBron. Like I think I think LeBron hit that like game winning shot. You know the, the the big shot that put the Lakers up. I think that was over Jalen. It was a tough shot. It was a fadeaway jumper. I mean, 
<laughs> Jalen defended really, really well against LeBron. And it's LeBron. It's LeBron, exactly. Right. And, like and you can defend him well and he'll score. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, that's that's something that's that's really interesting because I remember you know, Jalen's rookie year when he guarded LeBron a couple times and everybody's like, oh, he's going to guard LeBron. And he had no prayer. Like, yeah. LeBron just put him in the hoop immediately. Like, he was like, you know, back him down, whatever it was. You know, back him down or drive from the perimeter and, you know, get him on your shoulder, whatever. Jalen had no chance against him. And now he is making life more difficult for LeBron. He has developed a lot. I mean, yeah. we talked about Tatum's body earlier. I mean, Jalen is much stronger this year than he was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, So, I mean... I thought that that was. I thought that he was. Yeah, I mean, in this game, he was one of the. His defense was a, a big positive. You know, there's, there were a lot of negatives for the Celtics. You know, outside of Tatum, but Brown's defense was one of the was one of the few real positives and one of the the things that really sort of, you know, sparked them and gave them a chance to win. I felt like. Yeah, I mean, I thought Jalen Brown had a, a a pretty good game. Um. Again, he he didn't shoot particularly well. I think he took a couple of quick shots. He had a stretch, I forget what it was, second quarter or so, where he he was playing awesome. I thought he was on his way to a fantastic game in the first quarter. Then he had a stretch where, I don't know if he was feeling himself a little too much, where he took a few quick shots, and that's where the 42% shooting kind of came in. And then he recovered later on. There was a moment in the fourth quarter where Tatum actually passed it up. Talk about them forcing things to Tatum. He gave up the ball, and I think Brown was a little tentative. And I remember Tatum going up to him and just, I don't know what was said in that moment, but you can just kind of tell from the way he was gesturing. It felt like he was saying, just go, like, Body language, the way he was so, talking to yeah, him. Yeah, like, Jalen like airballed a three or close to airballed a three. And yeah, then Tatum basically yes. came up to him and said, like, take that three. And then Jalen made his next three. He made, The next one was a yeah. catch and shoot three. And so, like, I, I felt like Jalen kind of needed that in the moment. And afterwards, Jalen was talking about Tatum being, like, at that superstar level. He was asked about it. But I'm really curious about how this – Tatum ascension is impacting Jalen Brown. And maybe this is a conversation for a different podcast as we approach the time limit for this one. But really, and we've talked about this before, a couple of months ago, there was a legitimate debate about is Jalen or is Jason the all-star? If you had to pick one, who's it going to be? And I know you were on the Jason side, but I was on the Jalen side at that point because I thought he was just shooting so much better. And now two months later, it's just all of a sudden so obvious that Tatum has lapped Jalen in some ways. Um, I just kind of wonder how Jalen Brown is handling the, wow, like, this guy, you know, we were there together. It was our team, and now all of a sudden, it's it's his team. It feels like it does. I, I do think that as 
phenomenal as Tatum has been, there is a bit of a regression probably coming here. Like I, I don't yeah. think he's not going to keep this up. I think he, I think there's a lot of things that he can build on and that he will build on and be really good. Um, you know, going forward, I, I think that you know all this pick and roll stuff that he's getting is just phenomenal. That's going to be real so big for him going forward. I don't think he's going to keep shooting quite at this level. And I also think that you know we're going to see. Uh, I guess you know if 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 Tatum regresses a little bit, I think we'll see a, a like progress from uh, from Jalen. Like Jalen is is he's really good, and he's he's going right. you know right. he hasn't necessarily showed out, but like it is a long season. There is like you know two more months of regular season games coming. Like those two, it, it's not just a, a Tatum team. It is a you know if Tatum is the you know the better player, if he is the superstar. Jalen is also a star. Jalen right. is also a future All Star, and, and I, you know that. I know that. Like I, I think that that's just I, again, it's kind of a designation that needs to be made. It feels like, though, um, it, it, it's just a matter of momentum. You know what I mean? Like we're in this yeah, moment exactly. of, like, two months ago. Like I said, it was like, oh, I don't know which guy is it, and now all of a sudden it's like. Holy shit, it's so totally Tatum. I can't believe that it was even a debate. Well, no, it was a debate for a reason. And you're right. Like, look at the February that Tatum is having. He's shooting 47% from three. And so that's... And a lot of those are off the dribble. Yeah. Like, it's not spot ups. It's it's kind of crazy how well he's shooting. And you look at the... The shooting, the the three point shooting, especially from just this month, February. There's the Houston game that stands out as the zero for seven from three, but aside from that, he hasn't had a game where he shot worse than forty percent from three. Like that's, I I think Tatum is a star and the the clear number one moving forward, but he's not Steph Curry. <laughs> That's a little unsustainable. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're right. There's there's gonna be a correction coming soon. And in the midst of that correction. And not a correction to where he used to be. Just just a just bit a of a correction, correction yeah. from like he shot 57% from three against the Lakers, 50% against the Clippers, 57% against OKC. Like 57, 58, 50%, like that, you just don't shoot that kind of. So there's a correction to like something more normal. And so in that, there is room for Jalen Brown to have like a stretch of five great games where people will be like, oh, yeah, Jalen is also really good. And so Jalen had those ankle injuries. He had what a thumb injury or something like this. So I mean, he's had. He was very banged up going into the All Star yeah. break. There would be, I don't know if people remember this, but everybody was very mad that Brad decided to play him in that Clippers game because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was so banged up. He was so banged up. So, all right, we'll leave it there. Uh, we're gonna go to Portland. We're I'm gonna edit this thing, post it, and then at some point tomorrow we'll be in Portland, reconvene, and kind of like look at things fresh, and then they play the Trailblazers and back-to-back against the Jazz. I fear that Jazz game. I really fear that Jazz game. So I feel like I don't want to say the Portland game's a must-win, but if you're looking at going to a 
two and two road trip. They and they should beat Portland. I mean, they just took on the Lakers and, and lost by two. Like they should go into Portland as as dangerous as Portland is. They should still beat Portland, and then the back to back in Utah is what it is. So we'll figure things out. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome aboard. Hope that you are enjoying this enough to subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe wherever you got this podcast, wherever you're listening now. Regular listeners, I need that five-star rating. I need that good written review. I really need to grow this podcast. I need more people to listen because, I don't know, ego? I just need it. (laughs) Um, uh, Also, you know, because I'd like to get more money for the work that I do. So anyway, (laughs) share the podcast. Spread the word. Tell everybody. (laughs) Listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. I'm begging. Here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.